Welcome to the Mondays with Marcy podcast, first podcast of 2022. And right now we're in a time of prayer and fasting as a church. I know that a lot of churches around the world are, are doing the same thing. I think it's great to start off your year. You know, you, you take some time, beginning of a new year, um, to dedicate it to the Lord, um, you know, to really press in. And, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of, of churches and Christians, they don't, they don't tend to do a time of, of fasting. Um, or maybe they'll just say, we're going to pray, or maybe, uh, they'll celebrate like Lent, for example, where you give up, uh, you give something up, for example, social media, uh, you know, you don't eat chocolate, you know, watch TV, something like that, which is fine. I mean, if you want to, if you want to take some time, um, you know, turn off the TV, uh, pray instead of, you know, browsing Facebook, that's great. You, you could do that, that in addition, but fasting, fasting is, is something that you, you're withholding food, uh, and you're, you're basically killing your flesh because your flesh, uh, desires food S since you were, th think about when you were born, uh, what's the first thing that happens? You have to, you know, you have to be fed. You can't, you know, it's like a, it's just like a basic human, uh, need. And so when you're fasting, you are really slaying, uh, your flesh and quieting it down. And what ends up happening is uh, um, you heighten your, sp your spiritual state. It's like your spirit becomes stronger because your flesh is completely under submission. And, um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, people even that I know, you know, they, they, don't, they don't necessarily believe that fasting is something we need to do. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it bothers me in the sense that it, it's something similar to tithing. It's like, I, I'll tell you, I, I don't know why, I don't know what it is, but modern Christians, it's like they, they, they'll, they'll find, um, the bare minimum, <laughs> the bare minimum that you could do and still be saved. So, so the, the, you know, what's the least that I could possibly have to do in order to go to heaven? Um, you know, and they'll say stuff like, um, you know, they'll, they'll say stuff like, um, you know, uh, I don't need to do anything. You know, Jesus did everything. Jesus accomplished everything. And here's the thing. You don't have to do anything to earn salvation. That, that Salvation is a free gift. The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you shall be saved. So yes, Jesus did accomplish everything on the cross. Um, and, and, and you don't, you know, there, there aren't a list of things that you have to do in order to, to be saved in order to earn salvation. However, if it ended there, then the Bible should just end at the end of the Gospels. You know, but the rest of the New Testament is is instruction for Christian life. Um, and and so again, it, it yes, it's true. Jesus Jesus did accomplish everything. We don't have to do anything to earn um, salvation. Again, like I said, all you have to do confess your sins uh, uh, and believe that Jesus is Lord and and make a decision to follow Him. But then after that. Uh, if you continue to read the, the Bible, continue to read the New Testament, you'll see that there's a lot of instructions. And, and you know, you have to understand this. And, and I brought up tithing before, you know, tithing, giving offerings, fasting. The, God doesn't need those things. God, you know, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, he, he uses gold as pavement. He doesn't need those things. Those things are for us, right? Because when you tithe, and when you give offering, uh, it prompts a harvest of blessing in your life, 
right? Uh, so, so you do that not because God needs the money, but you do it for yourself. You do it because you know that there are promises in the word of God uh, of what you get um, as a return for giving. And fasting is the same way. You know, uh, the, the, it, it unlocks a different spiritual level. And, and if you want to understand where that comes from, uh, you know, there's a scripture where Jesus, where the disciples couldn't, um, couldn't deliver a demon possessed boy. And Jesus says, this kind doesn't come out, but by prayer and fasting. So there is something that happens when you combine prayer with fasting. And, you know, again, it's not something that it's like, well, if you don't fast, you're not going to go to heaven. That's not true. Of course, you know, if you don't tithe, you're not going to go to heaven. No, no, those are not prerequisites for salvation. But what they do is they bring you to a different level in your Christian walk. So don't fall into the trap of thinking, well, I'm enough. I don't need to do anything. You know, Jesus did everything. Yeah, for salvation, for people who aren't saved, they don't have to strive for salvation. It's a free gift. All they have to do is accept it. But then after that, the difference between the people who experience supernatural blessing in their life and who have a supernatural anointing on their life, that, that depends on the decisions that they make. Yeah, uh, your life is, is, is made based on decisions that you make. Um, and so, you know, obviously we're, we're talking specifically about, uh, fasting, and so fasting, you know, it, it, it brings you to a different level. Um, and so I want to talk a bit about, you know, what to expect when we pray. I'm going to start on uh, reading Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good, give good gifts to those who ask him? And, you know, I, I guess if, if I can give a title to this, this podcast, I would call it Good Gifts. Because one of the biggest issues, I think, for, for people, the difference between receiving or not receiving from God is not understanding the nature of God. Um, so number one, if you're taking notes, number one, establish within your heart and your spirit and your mind that God wants to bless you and not harm you. You know, there's a famous scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, for I know the plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to, to give you a good future, to prosper you and not to harm you. And there's a lot of Christians who are like, oh, that's out of context. That was for the people who were in captivity. That's not for us. Now, yes, it was written to people in captivity. But if you a simple uh, a search of the rest of the Bible and you will find a lot of those principles of, of God wanting to bless, God wanting to prosper, God giving good gifts to his children. Look at what, what John 14, 27 says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So there, there is a, you know, God, God has good things in store for his children. And so don't get it twisted. Don't think 
that, that, you know, it's both good and bad that comes from the Lord. You don't know what you're going to get. No, that's not the way it works. You know, the book of Job, all the things, all the bad things that happened to Job, if you read, if you read that book properly, it all comes from the hand of Satan. The bad things, God basically said, all right, he's in your hand. He, God allowed it, yes, but the bad things did not come from his hand, right? Because Satan robs, but God restores. Because what happened to Job? Satan, he was put in Satan's hand. Satan did all kinds of terrible things to him. And what happened at the end? God restored everything he had and more. So you have to establish that, that, that we serve a God who wants to give good things to his children. And, and, you know, you can't think to yourself, well, you know, I don't know uh, what I'm going to get today. You know, God, sometimes God gives good things, but sometimes he gives bad things, you know, to test us or whatever. I, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't teach through sickness and disease specifically, if, you know, for talking about Job. That's not how God teaches. God teaches by his word. His word is a book of instruction. And, and if you read through the word and understand it and meditate on it, you'll see that there's instructions for life. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 28, it talks about all what happens if you, if you obey the Lord, there's blessings that come attached to that. And then what happens if you don't obey the Lord, there are curses that are attached to that. It's very simple. You don't have to wonder or, or, or think to yourself, I don't know if God wants to bless me. You could take that right out of your vocabulary and know from the word that God wants to bless you. He wants to give you good things. Just, just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven, he said, even, even carnal parents, even worldly parents, want to bless their kids, want to give good things to their kids. How much more, how much more does God want to give good things to his children? You know, what does John 10, 10 say? That the thief comes not, but to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus many times have spoken about things in this life and the life to come. It's not just thinking, well, yeah, one day when we get to heaven, everything will be okay. No, there's, there's, it, it, think about this. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about what the devil does and then what God does instead. There's no devil in heaven. So if everything, if absolutely all the good things are just saved up for heaven, then that wouldn't make any sense because the devil's going to be gone. He's going to be out of it. You know, they're, they're, he's not going to be torturing anybody anymore. He's not going to be robbing us anymore because he's going to be gone. He's going to be bound in that lake of fire for eternity. So when you talk about life abundantly, it's, a, it's basically uh, um, explaining this is what the devil does, but this is what God does. He comes to give you life abundantly. That's why Christ came. He came to free you from everything that had kept you bound. Number So number one, establish that God wants to bless you and not harm you. Number two, let's go to Luke chapter 18, starting at verse one. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they, all, they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither, neither feared God nor cared about men. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out. <laughs> and the Lord said, 
Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And you know, it's, I want you to, to, to see something important about this passage. Jesus makes a point to make it clear that this was an unjust judge who did not fear the Lord and didn't care about people. Because again, it's showing a contrast and making it clear to us that, that God does care about his children and he is a just God. That's why it was important to point out even this man who was evil and unjust and didn't care, even he brought about justice for this widow. Why? Because she kept asking. She kept asking, she kept persisting. And he was like, he was getting fed up. He's like, all right, I've had enough of this woman. She, she's wearing me out. I'm tired of hearing from her. I'm gonna give her what she wants. But it's Jesus, again, makes it clear. This, this judge was unjust. He didn't care about God and he didn't care about people. But even he eventually gave this woman what she asked for. So it's an important truth for us to keep in mind because it's a contrast between what God is and then what regular people are. God is a just God. He cares. He loves you. So number two, be confident that your prayers will be answered. The only time prayers aren't answered is if number one, you don't ask, or if number two, you have unbelief. And unbelief is caused by wrong teaching. So there's not a limitation to God's power. The limitation comes on our part because either we just don't bother to ask because we think, oh, you know, this is, this is an inconsequential thing. God's not going to care. No, he cares. You know, what does the Bible say? That, that even he, he cares about the sparrows, how much more would he care about you? right? And so you, you should come to God. Like what, even that first scripture that I read, ask, knock, seek, and the door will be open to you. All you have to do is ask God, come to him, uh, tell him what you need, tell, tell him uh, what you want, you know, according to his will, of course. Um, you know, so, so the only ways that your prayers aren't answered is if you don't ask, and, if, and the second thing is if you have unbelief. You know, what does the book of James says? That a double-minded man shall not receive anything. So, you know, you, you, you can't ask in doubt. There has to be a, a clear um, belief in your spirit and a clear faith that what you ask for shall be granted to you. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, it shall be given to you. You know, those are not, um, you, you know, those are not minor scriptures. That's a big deal because it's repeated multiple times in the scripture. Another part of the book of James says that the effective prayer of a righteous person shall availeth much. You know, another translation says that it carries great power and, and brings about great results. So believe in your heart that when you pray, your prayers will be answered. You know, and, and when it says according to, to his will, that's why you have to understand the will of God. And the only way you can understand it is by studying the scriptures. So that's why you have to be so careful about wrong teachings or teachings that aren't according to the scripture, because it could lead you astray. And that's how unbelief comes in, because you, you think that you understand the word and then it turns out that you don't. So I, I pray that this, that this encouraged you today. Um, that, that you can you can feel confident now in coming to God and knowing that he wants to bless you and he loves you and knowing that all you have to do is ask and seek and believe 
and your prayers will be answered. You know, be like that widow who was persistent, who, you know, she never gave up. And so be that same way. You know, the, the Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing. So, and, and it says, pray without ceasing. You know, there's so much truth that you can find in the scripture of how to live your life uh, and the things that we need to do. And so, you know, specifically at this time in history where I live, especially. I don't know uh, where you're listening from or, or where you might be located, but where I am, the, the, the city, the province, the country that I live in needs a move of God to sweep over it. Uh, we need the people who are in charge to turn from their wicked ways. And I have full confidence and full belief that that will happen because I believe that the devil is giving his best shot. He's giving one more big push to try to get us to back down, to try to get us to shrink back, and to try to get us to give up. But I'm going to tell you, now is not the time to do any of those things. Now is the time to press in further. Now is the time to pray harder. Now is the time to believe that God shall hear us. You know, the book of Isaiah says, is God's hand too short? Is his ear deaf to his people? No, he will respond when he hears prayer. Like in Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. So that's what I am believing for, that as we come to God with our prayers and, and our petitions to him, that he will hear us and heal this nation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the great promises and the great truth that comes in your word. I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that you never fail us. I thank you that you are our fortress and our strong tower. I thank you that as we run into you, we are saved. And I thank you that just like the persistent widow who had her case resolved for her, that our prayers will be answered because you are not an unjust God. You are not someone who doesn't care about man, quite the opposite. And so therefore we can know that our prayers will be answered if we pray prayers of faith. And so Father, I pray for this nation. I pray for this country. I pray for this province. I pray for those who are in charge that though now they are operating in wickedness, that they would turn from that wickedness and begin to, to, to issue righteous decrees and not things that are evil. And I, I believe that even though it seems like we always get bad news, I, I believe that, that this is the devil's last push to try to destroy your people. But it's not going to happen because the devil's already been defeated. He's already lost the battle. He just doesn't realize because he can't see everything that he's about to be defeated in this particular situation because he thinks that he's won. But let me tell you something. He has failed just just like he always does. So I pray, strengthen your people. Give us even a stronger fortitude to move forward and know that the battle belongs to you and know that just like it says in the book of Exodus, when God said to Moses, tell the people to get moving. And then the Red Sea was parted and we knew and we know that that is the same thing that's going to happen now, that you are with your people and you've never left us and you're not too far from us and you will hear from heaven and you will heal our land. I thank you in the name of Jesus that that will happen. 
I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for you are a great God. You are a magnificent God, the ruler of heaven and earth. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is impossible for you. So even though this feels like an impossible situation and too big of a mountain to climb, we can have that confidence that you are greater than it all and you hear our cry and our prayers are effective and we know that they they will move forth in power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing us with your spirit. Thank you for the good gift of the Holy Spirit that you've brought to us, Lord that we're not alone ever because we have the power of the anointing of the spirit resting on us. Thank you, Lord, for, for the good news that's about to come in Jesus name. And I pray these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.